the Dominicast at Dominican College Port Stewart. Welcome back to episode 5 of the Dominicast. Your hosts for today's episode are myself, Michael Borman, a fellow sixth form student and great friend of mine, the wonderful Oliver Dorns. It's great to finally be a part of the Dominicast. In today's episode, we have a great exclusive interview with past pupil and local MLA, Cara Hunter. And along with that, a fantastic prize to be won for our pupil listeners. But before we jump into that, it's time to get into some school news. As many of you will know, we have our Christmas appeal ongoing, so make sure you're contributing to each of your classes' collection before it's over. Well done to our school volleyball team, who played a great game against Dariada last week, coming out on top as victors in their first one of the year, with hopefully more to come. There is a school badminton tournament being hosted on Wednesday the 20th of December for sixth form students. Keep a lookout for our traditional festivities here at DCP, as a Christmas jumper day and our annual school Christmas mass will be taking place soon. Hi, it's Joshua from Year 13. We're just taking a short break from the podcast to tell you about one of our sponsors, a broader picture in the heart of Forster, where lifestyle meets our history. Immerse yourself in a world of timeless elegance and unique charms as you explore a thoughtfully curated selection of homeware and distinctive gifts. Whether you're seeking the perfect accent piece or an entire room of transformation, our dedicated team of expert interior designers is here to bring your vision to life. At a broader picture, we go beyond mere decor. We craft living spaces that resonate with individuality and style. Our showroom is a haven for those who appreciate the finer deep things in life, offering a diverse range of home accents, furnishings and accessories that elevate the ordinary of extraordinary. Indulge in the joy of giving with our exclusive collection of hand-picked gifts, each telling a story and celebrating the art of thoughtful giving. From stylish decor, to delightful tokens. Our selection is sure to inspire and delight. And for those looking to redefine their living spaces, our bespoke interior design service transforms dreams into reality. Immerse yourself in a collaborative journey with our designers who weave together creative, creativity, functionality, and your unique personality to craft a space that truly reflects you. A broader picture is more than a store. It's a celebration of aesthetics, a fusion of art and functionality. Join us on our on a journey where every corner tells a story and every piece is a work of art. This week's prize can be found through a school treasure hunt. A scroll is hidden in the most festive part of the school. Find the scroll and hand it over to Mr. Coyles to win your prize. Good luck hunting. So today we are joined by Cara Hunter, a former student here at Dominican College and a member of the Legislative Assembly of Northern Ireland. So Cara... Can you give our listeners an overview of what you do in your role as of an MLA, including your day-to-day tasks? Yep, um, so I became an MLA uh, back in May of 2020, so I was co-opted um, following the passing of my predecessor, John Dallet. Um, and since then, the job has changed a lot. Um, we've had the COVID-19 pandemic, um, where Stormont was on all the time. It was very busy. We had our committees. And then sadly now, um, we're sitting where we don't have a functioning executive. Um, so it has changed over the years. Um, but at the moment, um, we're just working through a lot of uh, potential legislation and bills that we want to put to the floor uh, should Stormont resume. Um, but I really do miss the days when Stormont is functioning. Um, you essentially, Monday, Tuesday, you're in Belfast, you're up doing debates, you're putting motions to the floor, um, you have ministerial questions, which would mean if we had a conversation today about issues in the classroom or in education or in school, I could take that to the education minister on a Tuesday, for example. 
um, and uh, you really get the opportunity to sort of deep dive into making sure policy is fit for purpose and that the people on the ground like yourselves, students, parents, teachers um, all have a say to make sure that the legislation in Northern Ireland is fit for purpose and essentially my job as an MLA is to go in, look at different policies, identify gaps, um, like at the minute for example something I'm working on is animal welfare and animal cruelty. So in Northern Ireland and in Cosby Coast and Glen specifically, uh, we have big issues um, with animal cruelty. There's been over a thousand incidents reported in the last three years. So my job at the minute is engaging with local charities, um, local journalists and um, doing a bit of research around where we are and where we need to be. Because like uh, in other places across these islands like Scotland, they have an independent um, animal welfare commission. So why don't we have that here in the north, you know, looking at other areas and seeing what we can do. Um, also uh, in preparation, I ahead of potentially Stormont coming back. There's some discussion that may come back before Christmas, some discussion that might come back after Christmas. Uh, my party in the SDLP will be operating as a uh, opposition uh, and going into opposition is essentially holding uh, the government to account um, and really uh, scrutinising what policies they put forward and people are really struggling at the minute with ongoing pressure, cost of living crisis. Um, I think everybody feels it, I hear it every day in my office. Um, so it will be my duty as an opposition MLA MLA in the SDLP um, to really go in and sort of go to war and ensure that my constituents um, are getting the best um, deal that they can. Say um, for normal people is there any way that they can kind of prevent or uh, attack animal cruelty just doing day-to-day -day things in Northern Ireland? Yeah and um, so this is actually something I had talked about at length recently and um, with my staff is are the mechanisms to report animal cruelty, for example, do people know um, who to go to, uh, the responsibility of, uh, is it a department you go to, do you report to police, do you report to local council, um, saying like could we do a public messaging campaign to ensure that everybody knows who to go to, um, say for example if you have a neighbour who perhaps is being cruel to an animal, some people will feel awkward reporting. Um, so we're doing a campaign uh, talking with different uh, departments, talking with local council um, to see how we can improve things and also a big issue at the minute is the rise of veterinary costs so um, families who can't afford to heat or eat their homes are being forced to choose if they can afford to keep a dog or a cat for example and um, so all these things do tie in with animal welfare and animal cruelty but uh, definitely a huge part of preventing animal cruelty is knowing who to report to um, knowing where you can get charity support if you need it if you do know where there is a vulnerable dog and then in the SDLP we've actually been fighting for an all-island animal uh, abuse prevention register which would mean north or south there's a lot of um, north-south like puppy farming um, to ensure that anybody who's ever been cruel or violent towards an animal is on like like there would be a sex offenders register for example but for animal cruelty so uh, yeah it's a big issue and actually the more you sort of pick at it you'll notice that there's not a lot of legislation compared to other parts like England, Scotland and Wales. Hello everyone, it's Michael from Year 13. We're just taking a short break from the podcast to give you a message one of our sponsors, Morales to Go. Embark on a flavour called Adventure with Morales to Go, the ultimate destination for takeaway ice cream in the heart of Port Stewart. Picture this, a symphony of textures and tastes where each scoop is a masterpiece. Dive into the classical without velvety vanilla or let your taste buds tango with our array of exotic indulgences. What sets us apart is the commitment and tradition and quality that elevate each bite. At Morelli's To Go, we believe in turning ordinary moments into extraordinary memories. Whether you're treating yourself after a long day or creating family tradition, our ice cream is the perfect companion. Immerse yourself in the sweetness of life, one scoop at a time. 
where I like to go, where every flavor tells a tale of indulgence and joy. Um, can you tell us what your time was like at school? Oh, great question. Um, so I went to Loretto actually in Korean first for uh, first year. And then it was 2009, I transferred to come to um, Dominican here in Port Stewart. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time at school. Um, I really enjoyed, I had Miss McGowan for uh, yeah. English and English Lit. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. Like we did, oh God, what was it? I think it was, oh yeah, it was uh, Macbeth. Yeah, uh, do you guys do Macbeth yeah, as well? Yeah, GCSE last year, yeah. <laughs> And did you just have to get up and do like a speech in front of everyone? Or we um, could, I we didn't, did, we, I didn't, uh, we just read, we take turns reading and. Amazing. Um, I did drama, so I'd take it as a chance to sort of show off some skills. To oh, the brilliant. Yeah. Happy day. And that must have came in handy as well. Yeah. I remember out damn spot, you know, when she reads Lady Macbeth, yeah. just washing her hands and stuff. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, the friends that you make here and at school, I think, you know, play such a huge role in where your life goes. Um, and, you know, your education experience is so important. It makes it's part of who you are. Um, and I think having good teachers and good classmates kind of fill you with a sense of ambition as well. And certainly like leaving school here, um, I knew I wanted to achieve something. I definitely wasn't thinking politics when I was at Dominican, um, but definitely that the friendships that I craft here and relationships will, will you know, they go on through my life, which has been, which has been brilliant. Um, but no, definitely some really good teachers and staff here for sure. So how would you say, like, for a young person who's trying to get into politics, what A-levels or uni courses would they, like, need to do and how did you get into politics? Yeah, um, so my recommendation would be if you're interested in politics, literally just absolutely go for it. Like, just go for it is the key sentence. Um, I first entered politics in 2019 um, and uh, for me, my family, we are... We've always been Irish nationalists, but there's never been like a, you know, we were Sinn Féin or we were SDLP. Um, so I sort of, I had lived in America for a long time. I actually left Dominican, went to America and finished my secondary education there. So when I returned to Ireland, I felt sort of like politically homeless because I hadn't, I had the age, I could vote. Um, and I hadn't, I hadn't really cra crafted where I stand just yet. Um, and actually it was the passing of my uh, best friend who I met at Dominican um uh, in gosh that would have been 2009 um it really inspired me um so he had problems with mental health and for me that was a huge reason um i decided do you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do something here to try and change this in northern ireland we have the highest rate of mental health problems yet we get 25 percent less funding compared to other parts of these islands um and for me i had studied a journalism degree and i did um a documentary as part of my degree uh, talking about the ceasefire generation um, and there's the high prevalence of suicide, specifically in young males. Um, and I felt that it was a good way to grieve as well at the time. And I had reached out to all political parties to, uh, to get a bit of guidance on where Northern Ireland is and where it needs to be with regards to mental health and suicide. And it was the SDLP got back to me and they had said, you know, we can tell you're obviously passionate about suicide prevention and mental health. Um, is it something that you would consider running for us at local council? And then this is the thing is I was only 23 at the time. Um, and I had said, you know, do I not be like a PhD in political philosophy? Because you would feel sort of, I was like, oh my God, I've left school just a handful of years ago. I had a journalism degree, but I thought that won't apply. And they were like, no, like if you're passionate and you care about something um, and you really want to do what you can for your community, like you should run for local council. So um, I just decided, you know, it was something I really, really cared about. 
and it was very cathartic for me as well um, just to learn more about mental health and more that we could do in our education system to prevent it um, and for me like when I speak to young people now they're, they're really passionate about things like climate change mental health um, and just building Northern Ireland to a, a better place than where it is right now where we have politics of division and dysfunction um, and um, we're starting to see young people really come through and be loud with their politics before it was a, oh I don't really care don't really care about registering to vote but now we're seeing people really switched on really wanting to get engaged they care about global politics in the US EU etc um, and I think that that's really important so to any young person thinking about getting in my advice would be do um, choose political subjects um, even things like media can come in really handy knowing how the media works because uh, politics um, is about passion and it's also about conveying a message and the things that you care about so a media a level can be so helpful with that um, and uh, I would just say you know if you are considering getting into politics try volunteering for a political party look at their read their manifesto see which one identifies with your values your principles um, and your aspirations for this island whether it be um, unity Irish unity or staying within the Northern Ireland UK. Hello Jack here in year 13 I'm just hopping on the podcast to let you know about our sponsor, Shandy. Embark on a culinary journey at Shandy Port Rush, a welcoming oasis in the heart of Port Rush. From the moment you step in, immerse yourself in the artistry of our artisanal coffee, expertly brewed to perfection and paired with delectable pastries, your perfect coffee break awaits. As the day unfolds, let the magic of our restaurant captivate your senses. Our chefs, inspired by the abundance of local flavours, meticulously craft each dish into a culinary masterpiece. From sumptuous seafood to mouth-watering steaks, every bite is a celebration of the vibrant North Coast culinary landscape. Shanty Portrush is not just a dining destination, it's a community hub where friends and family come together. Our warm and inviting atmosphere, coupled with unparalleled hospitality, ensures that every visit becomes a cherished memory. Join us at Shanty Port Rush, where every cup and every dish tells a story of passion and excellence. Savour the good life with us, as we proudly bring you the best food, coffee and community. Shanty Port Rush, where unforgettable moments and exceptional flavours converge. So, um, Northern Ireland is of course a country deeply rooted in politics. Um, who would you say has been your biggest inspiration in terms of politics from this country? Oh. That's a fantastic question. Um, I would probably have to say Monica McWilliams um, because during the Good Friday Agreement, there wasn't many female voices um, at the table and just the role that she had played um, you know, with women and their role in politics in the North, like uh, 1998, the reason that we've grown up, you know, our general sort of age group in such a peaceful society is directly contributes to the conversations and the hard work um, of people during that time to, to fight for peace and to fight for peace and reconciliation, although that sounds a funny way to put it. Um, and I just really respected Monica. She's from Kilray, which is part of the constituency here as well. Um, and I read her book recently and just talking about sort of the difficult nature of that time there was so much violence um, but she saw that you know in our communities that women were really the backbone in many respects in local community groups and getting kids to school and childcare and how women supported one another um, and that their voices matter I mean women are 50% of the population here um, 
And even I, as a child, when I thought of a politician, I naturally, um, and even strangely some to some degree at this point in time, I always think of a man in a suit. Um, and thankfully, in my lifetime, hopefully I played a small role in sort of challenging that maybe um, you know, preconceived notion of what a politician is. But I really respect uh, Monica McWilliams. I think she's a fantastic um, representative of what it means to be a woman in Northern Ireland who cares about peace. Um, so I try and maybe model that in some ways in my own job. What plans would you say you have for your future in politics? Would you want to maybe expand anything else outside of politics or stay mainly in politics? Uh, I think politics is probably unique in the sense people decide for your future for you. Yeah. Um, like, for example, right now, because um, like when we get into January, it will be almost two years since I was elected. So it was 21 months ago. Um, and I haven't been able to get in uh, and do my job. Um, but, you know, for me, it's really about, you know, I've, my politics is firmly sort of rooted in the idea of bringing people together. Um, you know, I passionately care about um, reconciling the people of this island and all the different sort of communities that we have here. I think we have a really exciting emerging demographic and people who don't identify as nationalist or unionist. Um, who identify as other and I think it's tapping into that uh, community to learn more and to do all we can to kind of reconcile all these different beliefs and principles um, in the north. Um, we in the SDLP have a commission called the New Ireland Commission which talks about um, the future of the island and looking at different policies whether it be economy, um, education, further education and looking at how we can not only unite the people on this island, but also looking at the future and what it can bring. So we're looking at how we can combine. Obviously, we have really different education systems, north and south. Um, but recently today, for example, um, the Further Education Minister in the south of Ireland announced that they have changed the criteria for northern students and their A-levels to meet um, the leaving cert in the south so it was a more fair opportunity when trying to get into southern universities so we care passionately about making smaller steps um, to unity so you know I'm an Irish nationalist and I really do believe uh, firmly that the the politics that we've seen you know I eat sleep and breathe it every day and it's so dysfunctional there's still so much division at the root um, of our politics here and I care that and think that you know, our constituents here deserve better. So my aspirations um, to stay in politics is as long as they will have me, I will stay. Um, but then the beauty of democracy is if the people aren't happy with what they're getting, um, your vote counts and you can go out and, and change or keep me or, or throw me out. But uh, my aspirations would probably be rooted in, um, I would like to see, uh, you know, a childcare strategy. Uh, I don't have any children of my own yet, but just recognising the unbelievable pressures on family for childcare is just out of this world. It's like 400, 500, 600 pound a month. Um, and, you know, children shouldn't be seen um, as, as this burden. Uh, it should be something that uh, is affordable and people can aspire to have as many kids as they want. But the burden of childcare at the minute um, is just putting families um, out financially. Um, and I would really like to see, and I know for us in the SDLP, it's a day one priority should Stormont come back. Um, and an anti-poverty strategy would be a key thing as well. Um, in my time as an MLA, I've seen just, you know, people are really, the cost of living crisis is poverty like I've never seen. I've been in politics for five years and just fuel poverty, food poverty, just the most basic things like people, they're electric, you know, and it's very hard to witness um, and very frustrating because I don't have a an assembly chamber. I can go in and be like, minister, this is a disgrace because it is a disgrace. Um, and I'm really passionate about that. So those are the things, unity, childcare and tackling poverty. So maybe a 
bit more of a fun question here. Um, <laughs> if you were the first minister, yeah. what would be the first law you would pass? And can you tell us why? Oh, wow. Okay. So the first one for me, um, it would probably be, um, well, I'll take you, I'll t talk to you about the event I went to on Monday and I can talk about what my aspiration would be. So my, if I could pass one goal, it would be to do with uh, learning for life and work. So in schools um, and utilizing that module um, to ensure that people your age, um, students get the opportunity to learn about mental health and suicide prevention. That for me is the goal. Um, I really think that it's a time in your diary um, just that can be so much better utilised for financial education, learning to manage debt, learning to manage pressure, mindfulness. Um, basically, the concept of it is literally learning for life and work. Um, and I've been a passionate advocate for years as well around uh, RSE education, relationship and sexuality education, and talking about consent and all these kinds of key things um, that people will encounter over their lifetime. Um, and so uh, for me, I had on Monday, I had spoken with um, the secondary students union. Have you ever engaged with them? I'm engaged, but I did see you. Yeah. So I was there on Monday in Queens. They'd done a fantastic um, presentation, um, which was basically touching on that they want to learn about these things. And they've done a research and they've uh, done a survey with loads of students across Northern Ireland. And those are the key things they want to learn about. Um, and I've been a really passionate advocate for suicide prevention education. Like I think you can't prosper in life without, um, you know, a stable mental health. And for, you know, pupils, you know, being a teenager is really, really tough. Um, and to ensure that each school has um, an appropriate amount of counsellors, accessible mental health counselling, um, you know, LGBT uh, counselling, you know, fit for purpose to make sure everybody is best supported. Um, and, you know, life is complex and difficult and young people are growing and changing at a different rate. I mean, social media is such an intricate part of your everyday lives now. Um, so if I could do one thing, it would be um, bring in um, suicide prevention, education and mental health and well-being into schools. Yeah. For people who would like to find out more about you and listen to this podcast, where could they go to find out more about your work as a politician? Oh, great question. Uh, I would probably say Instagram, to be honest. I try and stick down with the kids. Uh, even though I'm 28 now, it's painful. Um, I, like, I think, well, I'm trying to get into t TikTok, but it's literally so challenging. Do you expect TikToks yourselves? Like, no, it is. I don't like it. It's, it's like yeah. literally trying to make an Oscar winning film. Like I'm so bad at it. Um, but I would say probably um, Instagram or uh, Facebook or Twitter. Um, we of course have like SDLP bios and stuff like that on our SDLP website. Um, and uh, no, it's good because at the minute, like uh, the beauty of social media is you can literally, I can go to Stormont, do eight, nine things in a day and I can tell my constituents I did this today. You know, if you live in Kilray or if you live in Corian or Claudie, Dungiven, you know, I can say I've talked about these issues because um, there's so many issues across the constituency, you know, to do with infrastructure or community funding. Um, special educational needs is a big thing here. Um, for local fam families and parents um, so I can let them know and keep them abreast and aware of you know you go into a ballot box and vote for me so I want to make sure people know that um, I didn't take that lightly um, and that I love my job and I always kind of put on social media every now and then you know if you have an issue like I have an office in Korean you know just pick up the phone send us an email a DM um, because there is that accessibility now with your public reps that we didn't have you know when I was your age I would have been like an MLA wouldn't want to know me um, but young people should be involved in politics you know they should get in um, and get involved and your voice matters and I'm so grateful we have the secondary students union because sometimes I think when people grow up they forget 
what it's like to be young and to have your voices sort of fed in through the youth assembly member of youth parliament is a good um program as well it's just so important but if anyone needs any details my social media is probably best so um finally uh, what is the one takeaway you want the audience from uh, the Dominicast to get from this episode? Oh, um, pro- listen to your teachers. They're always right. <laughs> no, um, I, don't, I, I would just probably say um, when you are in secondary school, the world, uh, I know when people tell you this, it's so cheesy, but the world is your oyster. Um, I would say give everything you have academically. Um, not everyone will take the path for university and that's absolutely okay. And um, there's so many different paths you can take, apprenticeships, you know, if you want to work in hospitality, all these kinds of things. Um, and nobody's two paths will look the same. Um, it would just be, you know, listen to your teachers and take every opportunity coming. Um, that's one thing I sort of wish when I was younger I knew more about. Sometimes there's loads of opportunities like for example, there's the Washington Ireland program and these kinds of things where you can go to America and learn my, about politics. My, my sister was part of really? That, yeah. Oh wow! Because that's something if I knew about, I would have absolutely have gone on before I entered politics. So I always say, like, you know, keep your ears open. Do you know, if you're if you're passionate about something, if you want to get into politics, get engaged, um, go and ask questions, be curious. Um, and just um, don't worry if your life path looks different to somebody else at your age because that's totally normal um, and just that literally there's so many opportunities out there just go for it well we're going to wrap this episode up special thanks Carl for joining us this week episode of the, of the Dominicast and Merry Christmas to everyone listening thank you to all our viewers and Cara <laughs>